Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I am Chris Witt. Not sitting by me today is Adam Schmidt. Adam is out with pneumonia. Or at least as my uh, special co-host who is calling in calls it uh, a really bad excuse not to talk about soccer. Joe Leonard, uh, who is a, a, a veteran to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast, is joining us today over the phone as a uh, last-minute co-host help, helper. One, because he knows soccer, and two, because when he threw a first pitch out at a Reds game, he hit his catcher, who was a girl, right in the head. Joe, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I thought I've... I thought I lived down the epic uh, first pitch, but uh, glad to be on to talk some some uh, football, as it's called, in the rest of the world. Football. So I'm going to tell you this. You are never going to le- live that down as long as the Nosebleed Sports Podcast has anything to do about it because of the fact that is it still said in your office that when you threw the first pitch to help us out, what's her name? Uh, Sarah. To Sarah. Is it still thought in in and is is taken as gold that you did not hit her in the head? That is the official word. Uh, the official review of the video is that it did not hit her in the head. I, I'm going to tell you right now, man. I've watched this thing a thousand times. I bet it's literally been a thousand times, and you hit her in the head. <laughs> That's just all I got to say. All right, we'll drop the all we'll right. drop that because we could do this all day going back and forth. All right, so at the end of uh, last podcast that Adam and I did, we uh, made a promise to talk a little soccer. I'm pretty excited about soccer. Uh, When it comes to Women's World Cup, Men's World Cup, I might watch a little bit if the men are in it. Other than that, I have no reason to watch it. Uh, I know you're a big FC Cincinnati guy. uh, Most definitely. And also big soccer in general, from what I understand. Is this correct? That is correct. All right, so let's go ahead and just blow right into this podcast, dude. Let's just start talking women's World Cup soccer. Let's start off with number one, the number one issue that came out during this, uh, during the soccer uh, World Cup for the women was the the uh, celebration of goals. So the big one that got everything really kicked off was when they were playing England and uh, Morgan. What's her first name? Help me out. Alex. Alex Morgan sips some tea out of a cup with her little pinky out. Did you have a problem with this? Absolutely not. Loved every second of that celebration. Heck yeah. That was nowhere near as bad as anything Derek Dietrich's ever done or, uh, you know, you name it. I say go for it. Have fun. She didn't, she didn't show anybody up. She wasn't saying anything bad about anybody. So, so is this really as big a deal as everybody's making it, or is this just one or two people made a big deal about it and everybody else shut them down real quick? No, I mean, I think people have made it into a big deal, but you know, I think what the women's national team has sort of uh, brought to the forefront for people to talk about in sports is sort of the double standards that apply between men and women's sports. Now, obviously, you know, the fact that it's, we're talking soccer and we just had the World Cup – Um, I think you can do some more apples to apples comparisons than you can probably do in other sports. Um, But no, I think the criticism um, is just the result of sort of, you know, some of the double standards that apply. I can, I, I I agree with that when it comes to the celebration side of things, I think there's definitely a a double, it's a double standard because guys are out here, you know, all but stripping down naked after they score a goal. And these girls sip a little bit of tea and all of a sudden, the world ended. So that brings me to my to my next question, which is what I really want to talk about. Because this is something that's been brought up a thousand times since this has been over. Alex Morgan's been out there. Megan Rapinoe's been out there on this world tour talking about that the women aren't getting uh, equal pay to the men. So what I'm understanding is if the men were to win the World Cup, they would receive $500,000 a piece. So, you know, they don't have to worry about that, obviously, because that's not going to happen. However, if the women win the World Cup, they only get, uh, I believe it's 50, they only got 50 grand a piece. That's a big difference. Or is it 90 grand? 
Yeah, I don't know the exact number, but there's there's definitely a stark difference between the payouts between the two. I'm pretty sure it was. I think it was ninety thousand for the women, five hundred for the men. So let's get your opinion, man. You're you're a you're a lawyer by trade. Uh, let's hear your opinion and argue your side. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know if I'll weigh into necessarily the uh, the legal um, the legal issues of, of the case that's pending that the women's soccer players have brought sure but, sure you know i think if if you followed my twitter i think i've said on several occasions um to pay them meaning that you know the women have done more than enough to uh, deserve equal pay now i think i'm kind of over oversimplifying the issue i mean Thank there's a you. bunch of fa- I, there's a lot of factors that go into this man equal pay is such a uh that's a word that you got to be careful with because technically if you look at what uh, the women's side of the World Cup bring money they bring in from TV and everything else that 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 comes that comes with that that they get paid out of. They are getting like twenty to twenty five percent of what that money is. The men, if you look at the money the men bring in through that World Cup, it's only like seven to ten percent. So really, they're actually getting a higher. And, and I know this is crazy, and it's and you're definitely gonna have something to say, but. If you look at equal pay, I think the men have more of a fight on this. No, I think I disagree with that a little bit. I mean, I mean, they're getting so less much. percentage of the money that's coming into the federation. Yes, I mean, so some of the factors that go into is how much the federation is allocating to each group and how much, you know, whether it be U.S. soccer or you know an organization like FIFA, how much they're putting into things like the World Cup tournament. You know how much prize money there is, how much they're uh, putting into um, some of the different, uh, you know, matches and what they require. You know, one of the, like in one of the issues, it's, that's not necessarily equal pay, but it kind of you know is related to the the difference in treatment between the two teams. Is you know, I think the women don't have a requirement that they have to play on a grass field. You know, they they'll sometimes be forced to play on turf, which you know obviously you're more prone to injury. Um, but as we've seen, I mean, the U S women and the U S men have both recently, um, played at Nippert stadium and for the men, they put gra- real grass over the turf for the women. They didn't do that. But, but if you compare the two, uh, attendance, I believe the women drew a much bigger crowd and I was at both matches. And I think, I think that's that to be the case. And that's fine. So I agree that in those matches, things like that, whatever individual money comes out of there. I think that they should get a you know the same percentage of whatever the the booking is or the bill is or you know however whatever they bring in it's like a it's like a band right you go do a you do go do a gig somewhere you know you get paid a certain amount of money and I'm sure that's negotiated somehow who negotiates those things Yeah I mean um I think that's probably what US soccer's uh one of their arguments is is hey every time we sit down and negotiate these types of deals uh, with the players and their uh, respective either um, unions or, um, you know, representatives, you know, that that's the time to negotiate these things. But the problem I have with the, the pay discussion is just that from a performance standard, I mean, you know, some, I think a lot, most fans would agree that they'd really wish that pay was tied to performance. And I mean, what more could the women do to earn, uh, getting paid from what they just accomplished with okay. winning the back to back. Okay, that's fine. I can listen. If if it, I think that they should get paid way more money than the men. There's no doubt because they're way better than the men. They're the best team in the world for the last what eight out of twelve years, right? They've won the last two World Cups and like the three out of the last four. Correct. Yep. So yeah, yeah I mean they definitely. So in that have, case, uh, but in that case though. You, it still comes down to the money coming in, right? I mean, you can't pay somebody more money that's not there. So it, in my eyes, uh, I'm looking at the the, the Men's Soccer Federation, uh, which is, I guess, from what I understand, is somehow brings money in from all of these teams, all of these countries, and the Women's Soccer Federation is the same way. One, there's not as many teams Two, there's just not as much money coming in. There's $1.5 billion a year coming into the Men's Soccer Federation. And uh, uh, where was that? I lost it. I think it was somewhere like it was only like it was only like not even 15 million. 
that the women's federation was bringing in. So it's kind of, I compare it to the NBA versus the WNBA. If the WNBA is not making the money, but those girls are awesome. You know, there's a ton of really good girls out there, but if the money's not coming in, how do you pay them equally? Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the complicating factors is that corporate sponsorships. And again, I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me and I don't know enough about I had them all written down. I feel terrible when Adam, when Adam called me with pneumonia, I left them upstairs and, and I did not bring them down with me. Yeah. So that's why you're seeing recently, there's a bunch of corporate sponsors who are now making big contributions towards the women's game to help try to balance out the fact that, you know, the men's game was traditionally bringing in some of the more, you know, the larger uh, corporate sponsorships, and again, sure. I don't know how you I don't know how US soccer works in terms of the allocation of that sponsorship. So I don't I don't know if these corporate sponsors are saying, hey, we're contributing this money for use in the men's program, or if how much of that is US soccer saying, okay, we've got this budget of uh, corporate sponsorship and we we've just decided to allocate it towards the men's game the way we have. Right. Um, that's that's sort of behind the curtain for me. I think I think it's behind the curtain for a lot of people, but I I also believe that in my mind, when I think of about about pay and equal pay, I also think about how much money is that company bringing in, and everything's run like a company should be. And if the company's just not bringing in as much money, then it's hard to to say that <laughs> it's hard to say how to disperse the, you need to pay these people the same. It's just impossible. It's like if you said all these college football teams or all these colleges need to pay their players. Well, there's some colleges that don't make money off their sports teams. How do you know? And there are some colleges that make millions and millions of dollars. How do you decipher who gets what, how they get paid and everything else? Yeah, and again, not having the numbers in front of me. I know, uh, I know, I know. It was last-minute podcast, man, and I'm throwing you way under the bus. I actually actually believe you'll find that there's probably been some recent um, publications on that, at least with the women's national team, there's actually evidence that um, they're actually earning up to the same amount that the men are earning. And again, I don't know how those numbers are affected by – when you factor in corporate sponsorships and things like that. See, I I think that's, I think that is, I think the the corporate sponsors have boosted that to get it where it is now. Because I mean, like P and G just gave $529,000 to put directly towards women's soccer's women's soccer pay gap to, to close the pay gap. So yeah, if you're, if you're a sponsor and you say that money needs to go to there, then yeah, that's going to get everything closer. But once again, it all, and, 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 and the men, the sponsorships they get, I don't know how much bigger they are, how much lower, I'm just mostly looking at the total federations and how much money they're getting and then the disbursement. So when you talk about $500,000 if the men win the World Cup and $90,000 if the women win the World Cup, but at the same time the men are getting a lower that's a lower percentage of the total money brought in than what the women are. And that's that's the only thing I know. Those are the only numbers I know for sure. Yeah, and again, you know, someone would have to analyze, you know, how much of that percentage is lowered by the fact that the money's not being used to pay them, but are going towards other fringe. Sure. Benefits. benefits. 100%. Yeah. yeah better, better uh, travel, better, like you said, playing on, playing on better fields, better turf, better things like that. And I'm sure that that's something that is in this lawsuit and, or whatever they've got filed. I don't know the, I don't know exactly how that works. I don't know if it's a lawsuit yet or if it's a, a grievance or you're the, you're the guy for that. Yeah, there's definitely a lawsuit pending. Um, I believe, you know, Megan Rapino has sort of suggested in both sort of very public comments, but also maybe in more private interviews that it seems like they're trying to get to the table to work something out. But I mean, that's just based off of kind of what you're hearing out there is, you know, hey, we've we just won. And I think all of U.S. soccer is happy for the team and obviously loves that the U.S. won. And so maybe it's a moment for them to kind of come to the table and try to work something out. Right. All right. I, I, I think that it would be amazing. And I think they deserve more money than the men, uh, especially on just any given, just, just as a team, they're a better team. They, they give the men a good game. Really. I've watched these men play. It's like they, they pass like when they're passing the ball to each other, they look like, uh, FC Cincinnati. Nothing's anywhere near the guy they're trying to kick it to. These girls, 
the precision in their passing and the crispness of every movement that they make is phenomenal. No, I mean, the, the women's game is great to watch. Um, I think, you know, maybe what many people don't realize, but they're going to find out soon is that, you know, a lot of effort and money has gone into the development of the young women's game. And I think you're going to see, um, you know, more and more, attention given to some of the up-and-coming young stars i mean we kind of are somewhat spoiled in cincinnati i mean we had um, i believe it was heather mitts who is a world cup champion from cincinnati and now you've got rose lavelle who's an absolute uh star in the soccer world now yeah. and that's that's really cool to see someone from cincinnati kind of achieve something great in sports it is because it doesn't happen every day <laughs> God knows that, especially with our professional teams. Uh, but yeah, she and and that's a that's it's really neat to see to get to follow Rose because you know from from her high school days here to going all the way through where she's at, being such a young player on this team, and you the respect that she gets from the older the older players. I've been watching a bunch of Instagram stuff, and they love that little girl. So, yeah, I mean she she will definitely be. Um, an inspiration for both, you know, boys and girls. I'm, I've, I've, you know, you follow if you follow some of the um, soccer folks on Twitter, you know, they'll they'll say that you know their sons, as equal to their daughters, are kind of inspired by what the women's team have done and want to be um, want to be a star like Rose Lavelle one day. Yeah, I would think that these 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 boys growing up now want to be would want to be more like the women's national team than the men's. I mean, I think I don't mean that being a knock on the men's. It's just the truth. You want to be the best, and you would rather watch the best than watch somebody get beat. So I, I can definitely see that it doesn't matter men, women, anything it are are inspired by these women. So let me let me ask you let me ask you this about the uh, about the about the women's game. We talked about celebrations, and I was thinking about this. You talked about. Uh, the former champions from Cincinnati and brings me to the old World Cup. What was that first World Cup? Was it '96 or when uh, Brittany was it? Was it Chastain? What was her name Brittany Chastain? Chastain, yeah, yeah. Took, when she ripped her shirt off. off. I mean, yeah, if exactly. she's not getting hell for ripping her shirt off, then this girl, this girl Alex Morgan, better not get anything for sipping the cup of tea. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess the more I think about it, most of the criticism was probably from the English fans who. Uh, who desperately want a, a, World Cup, a World Cup victory to come their way, whether on the men's side or the women's side. I mean, a, a saying amongst the English fans is that they want the, the cup to come home. And so um, they definitely feel like uh, the World Cup belongs in England. But um, unfortunately for the English fans, they continue to have to wait for that, that, that to happen. Yes, they will. And I'm okay with it. Uh, we'll keep at least the, at least the – at least we got something uh, when it comes to soccer and these girls. So, uh, speak anything else on soccer you want to get into? Because I'd like to ask you a couple questions about your red legs too. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I kind of just wish Adam was on here. I'd love for you guys to to do a little more about FC Cincinnati. Um, you know, you know, Xavier basketball is always going to be number one in my heart. But I think you know, my wife Trisha would tell you that the FC Cincinnati gear is starting to rival my Xavier. Wow. Wow. That's impressive. In terms of uh, space in the closet. So man, um, we're huge FC Cincinnati fans. We've kind of caught the the soccer bug uh, locally. Um, and so we just, you know, encourage uh, you and Adam to check it out. Um, in fact, uh, Trish wanted me to let you and Adam know that we got some tickets later on in, uh, two tickets to an FC Cincinnati match we can't go to later in August. So we'd offer those up to you and you and Adam as representatives of the nosebleed sports podcast to see if you want a first, uh, first person uh, experience of an FC Cincinnati match. I'll tell you what I, I'm, I don't know if Adam has been to one yet. I've been to two. It was 9,476 degrees <laughs> at both games. Uh, I, I, I didn't enjoy it because I had, uh, both times I had very little babies with me and they were hot and sticky. Uh, it was the first two years they were here. And I'm going to tell you the bug that has caught since then is incredible in this city. 
this city has almost become a soccer town until as of late uh, where all of a sudden they're firing people left and right. And there's issues with the stadium, which there's always going to be some kind of issues with stuff like that, but there's issues with the stadium. Um, They're not winning games very much from what I understand. And, you know, maybe we do need to do this. If we're going to be a Cincinnati based podcast, we do a lot of national stuff, but if we're going to do it, we should probably get on this soccer gig and at least pay attention to the wins, losses, and uh, what's going on. Yeah, I mean, what I would say to that is, I mean, soccer is definitely growing in popularity. I don't think that's going to slow down. Sure. MLS is investing in in that rise. I mean, they're going to expand even more teams. With all of the and- concussions and everything in the NFL, I mean, it's the perfect opportunity. You know, that's the sport that happens at the same time of year. Get in there. Uh, get as many of the of the best athletes playing as you possibly can. Yeah, and I think you're going to see, I mean, for our generation as parents, you know, I think, you know, there's going to be less and less kids who get into football, whether, whether or not that's parents driving that or, you know, if kids just themselves kind of catch the soccer uh, bug and want to play that sport. But I, I, I think you are seeing sort of a drop off in, you know, parents wanting their kids to pursue football. Um, you know, I, I think in my mind, I guess I'll wait and see what my, my kids want to play. That's hard, um, man. I'm going to tell you right now, but, it's difficult. I got a son that's getting into that age and look, I'm, I say, go out and play whatever you want. My wife's got her mixed feelings, but I'm going to tell you at a young age, if they want to play football, they don't these younger kids from, from, from six to, to 11 years old is I think that's the 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 new thing to put these kids into football in and I think that's I think that's growing as well not as fast and as much as soccer is but if they do like football man there's still stuff out there for them yeah and and I'm I'm kind of one of those people that's not a big fan of uh kids specializing in sports you know I kind of yeah with kids would play you know, multiple sports, um, even if it's not at, you know, high select levels, you know, just recreationally. Um, and that ultimately if they end up choosing a sport as they get a little older, even if that's football, I think that's for the better. I mean, I, I, I think kids, some kids are specializing in one sport way too early and kind of robbing themselves of the experience of kind of exploring different sports and, developing some of their other athletic talents dude i couldn't agree with you more when i grew up everybody played every you went out and and you played soccer basketball baseball football basketball baseball one of those three things as you know where i where how i grew up there was no lacrosse at the time um so you know there wasn't anybody getting into things like that but you know i played football baseball and basketball mostly basketball and baseball i only played football for about four or five years but you that's what you did you just moved on to the next sport aau wasn't as big things like that summer travel baseball was nowhere near what it is now uh fall ball wasn't like it was you you got out there and played any uh, you played every sport you, all your muscles got used consistently throughout the whole year i think that's a big reason why you see injuries in fact aaron boone uh came out and said when he was a kid they played every sport and you're talking about a dad who was a professional major league baseball player he said him and Brett Boone played every single sport every single year. And he truly believes the reason he had such a long and healthy career was because of that, that he didn't damage anything because he, he focused so hard on one sport and that is going to focus on certain muscles and it's going to end up wearing and tearing on you differently. I also think kids get burned out faster that way. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I, um, one, one last thought on going back to FC Cincinnati. I think, mm-hmm. you know, I get the sense that Adam's not a big, uh, soccer fan. He's not, he's but, just not a, he's not a soccer fan. He's not a football fan. But what I, what I would say to him as a Cincinnati sports fan is, can you imagine someone that was, you know, in your, the prime years of your life and the Cincinnati Reds were just getting started or, the Cincinnati Bengals were just getting started or the first time, you know, like Xavier basketball really became um, sort of a legitimate powerhouse. I mean, I think we're old enough to kind of remember when Xavier made that turn, but, but they had still had some history and had been a program. Sure. But I mean, the FC Cincinnati, I mean, literally has been just born 
and we are alive for the beginning of that and who knows what it'll turn into but you know there's just a thought that you know hey like why not say that you were there at the beginning of it all and see how it how it turns out in the end yeah i mean listen i totally agree with that <clears throat> and i have no problem my wife played soccer in high school uh she played soccer her whole life growing up she's a huge soccer fan uh my father-in-law is a huge soccer guy i just grew up a little differently but you know i it's not that i don't like it i don't understand all of it but uh that's just being being lazy and not not asking or you know going out and trying to figure out the rules plus i never played it so you know i think we could probably get adam to uh to enjoy soccer uh i think he i think we just need to sit down maybe watch a couple youtube videos that say hey this is what's happening cuz adam is definitely a cerebral a cerebral uh, sports watcher. He's watching the entire field. He wants to know what everybody's doing, why they're doing it. So I think that's a big part of it. But I, I'm, hey, we're up for it. I think we're up. I think I can get him up for it. All right. Well, let's get you guys there. I'm down for it. We'll figure it out whether we go with you guys or if you got extra tickets and and you can't use them. I I think we could get us down there. Maybe we do a uh, maybe we do a live uh, podcast before the game or after the game. Uh, maybe just outside Nippert Stadium. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure if uh, he gets cell reception, Adam might want to live tweet his uh, soccer experience. Oh yeah, there's no doubt. I'm sure. Do you not get uh, reception in the stadium? No, I mean I've had I've had luck and been able to send messages and tweets and stuff. Just so many people, you never know. It's yeah, just so many right. people. It's like when the Reds got good there for three or four years. It was tough to it was tough to do anything inside that stadium with a phone. Now you go to a Reds game, you can pretty much uh, stream in 4K and not have an issue. <laughs> Speaking of the Reds, my brother. Oh, Red Legs! It's been it's been uh, it's been exhausting watching them the last few uh, days. So the last. Yeah, feels like the playoffs. It here's the thing: the the games have been really good. The Reds have been in they've been in so many one and two run games uh, over the past just over the past the past the whole year. It's been it seems like it's that way, and it just feels like they are so close to getting over the edge. And maybe it's because this division has beat up on each other so much that they've all stayed pretty well in line. We're still what six games back now. Um, it's it's. I still feel you still get that feeling like you can make that run. Can that run come? Can these guys actually make a run? I mean, it, are they are, are they able to? I don't know if David. Maybe less David Hernandez they could right now. But do you think they can do it? I don't know. I think uh, we may look back at this series in Chicago and say that was the 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 point where we decided no, we're we're just sort of where we are. We're a win one out of three in Chicago team. But they um, but they were so close in every game. I mean, I feel like I feel like uh, so you win you win the uh, you win the opener, right? You go to you go to extra innings in the next game, and then you lose today. Uh, what was the final day? Five to two. So you got beat pretty good today, but that was mostly because David Hernandez uh, can't pitch anymore for some reason. Every time he comes in, he loses the game. But you you win by three. You lose in extra innings, and then you lose by three. That extra inning game. The Reds come out of this with winning that extra inning game. They come out of this two and three, and everybody's super excited. They come out one. Yeah, I think there's just too too big of a hill to climb. Um, unfortunately for us, the division's pretty good. Um, we kind of beat up on each other, but um, you know, it just I just I just think they're they're in a position where I don't think they're going to be able to do enough um, to get over the hump. Uh, and and you know what's interesting is the team's still fun to watch. You know, you look at you yes. know Puig and they're about to do the Puig bobblehead night, which the I saw the bobblehead and. Absolutely amazing! It's the greatest. Yeah. His tongue's out. He's got he's got the gun show going. He's on a wild stallion, a white horse. The dude, it it's my favorite bobblehead I've ever seen. And if you want one, you better get to the stadium tomorrow because what are they giving it to? 
10,000 or 20,000, whatever they give it to, that might be a game that they actually get some people to go to just for the bobblehead. It'll be interesting because, uh, ironically, tomorrow night is a whiteout at an FC Cincinnati match. Oh, um, wow. So, Man, I wonder. DC United, the second team in the East, uh, and one of their prominent players, uh, Wayne Rooney, who's, uh, who's kind of a European soccer star, uh, played for uh, one of the biggest clubs in Europe, Manchester United. Yeah. Um, and, you know, now is playing in the MLS. And so... I expect a pretty pretty big crowd at Nippert for the game tomorrow for the match tomorrow. So it'll be interesting to see comparing the attendance between uh, the Reds and uh, FC Cincinnati. What wouldn't be shocked if there's some Cincinnati fans that go to the Reds game, get the bobblehead, and then leave and immediately head to the FC Cincinnati match at eight o'clock. Might I was just going to say, what time is that match? Eight o'clock. So I think. there's might be some people that might be able to swing, uh, swing both, both a bobblehead wow. and uh, the FC Cincinnati match. Man, I'll tell you what. I remember when they first started with these bobbleheads. People would buy like, people would buy like ten tickets, go through, get their ten bobbleheads, or get eight bobbleheads, go take them back to their car, and then come back into the game with their last two tickets and get two more bobbleheads and go sit in their seat. So I could definitely see it happening, man. I I can see it. That it's a, it's a it's one of the best bobbleheads i've ever seen and at the same time the way the way fc cincinnati has taken over the city even though that they're not are they still are they in last place where are they where are they sitting right now in the stands that's the funny thing is um they are in last place in the east uh the beautiful thing about mls is there's not what's called relegation so in europe and other countries uh well in other continents you know in england and uh, other European countries, uh, leagues, they have something called uh, relegation where, you know, the bottom, so many teams, usually three, actually go down to the next uh, level. So it'd be like if the Reds were last in the Eastern they'd uh, Division. They'd have to go to AAA. And they'd have to go down to AAA. And, and then maybe like the Louisville Bats win the AAA um, playoffs and end up getting elevated to the, to the major leagues. It'd be somewhat like that. I'll tell you what. That is one thing that I do know about, and I truly, truly believe in relegation. I think I think relegation should be in every sport on every professional level. The only problem with that is all of the the next levels in basketball and in uh, baseball are all levels of where they're trying to teach you. So they're not necessarily trying to win games all the time. They're it's more getting people work and doing things like that. If they could find a way to get the best of the best of the tri- of the minor leagues and make a league where they're really trying, then I truly believe that relegation is phenomenal. I think it's I think it, it would kill all these people that are that tank every year just to get draft picks. I I love that about those about those people on the other side of the pond. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, if you're going to see an MLS, it'll take a long time. You'll have to have some uh, – you'll have to – the MLS, would, I think, will have to finish with expansion, and then there'll have to be a significant number of years that pass because there's so much money that owners have to put in to get into the league, to you know get a stadium built, um, and all the other things that go into starting a team that you know it's, it's sort of um, – doesn't make business sense to tell a team, hey – pay all this money, build a stadium to get into this league. Oh, by the way, if you lose, um, if you do bad and you're in last place, we're going to relegate you to the the level that you just came from. So yeah. that's sort of a hard, hard sell. Man, um, how, how bad, how bad is this part of the country at soccer? FC Cincinnati, 12th place in the East, which you mentioned is dead last. They are 5-2 and 13, 5-13-2, I guess. Five wins, uh, 13 losses, and two draws, I guess. Is that what they call them in that? I, I know they don't call them ties. Yeah, Heaven draws. forbid you but use regular again, words. Again, this is, this is something that Adam could get into because it's, it's you know, I won't say this is the reason that they've had um, not as much success. But what's interesting with, with MLS and, and really with other soccer federations is that your, your players – can their, their international duties take 
priority over their club duty. So um, oh. FC Cincinnati had several players who played in the Gold Cup, for example. Um, so, you know, you had two players, I believe, for Costa Rica, um, a player for Jamaica, or two players for Jamaica. And so when you, you lose those guys, I mean, you're without them for weeks. So your season continues, but you're with, you're with, you're without them for weeks. I mean, it'd be, it'd be like if uh, there was some world baseball classic that occurred in June. It would have to be in the middle Joey, of the season. Joey Votto right. leaves uh, to play for Canada. And uh, I don't think under these circumstances, Puig would play uh, for his home country. But, um, <laughs> but, but, but it'd sure. be like losing, losing those guys. That uh, Luis Castillo would be gone. Yeah. And- Exactly. Yeah, that's a I I I'm with you on that. I mean, I I didn't realize that that they lost half their team for a couple of weeks. But I guess that's the problem with Columbus and Chicago as well because they're all in the in the bottom 3 of this. No, yeah, none of them have more than 5 wins or what, but uh but but and again, like Columbus, I think, you know, they just went to Chicago and beat them. Um, they had beat Houston before that, so they're on a two two match winning streak. They still get to play Columbus twice, which is known as the uh, Hell is Real uh, Derby. Um, uh, sort of a, uh, a shout out to the Hell is Real sign that you pass when you're going uh, on 71. I love that. Up. Are they really calling that that? Yep. The, oh, that is the, so great. The, hell, because listen, I drive to Columbus every Derby. week. Uh, well, at least every other week I'm in Columbus, but sometimes it's every week. And that's the, that's the only thing that keeps me awake half the time on that flat, straight drive. All of a sudden I get to read all the commandments and get to, get to see hell is real. And what, what some farmer has to say to me, (laughs) the hell is real. I like that. That is good. Yeah. And I like how you, you made it sound like Columbus is doing so good because they beat the third worst team in the in the east and the fourth worst team in the west <laughs> but good for well, them they got uh, a couple w's right good for them so, so they got a couple w's strange. you know you string string a couple wins together and before it's you points, know it, you, though, right it's all about points you, in soccer yep, so three three points for a win and one point for a draw obviously no points if you lose and then different things kind of could come into play like goal differential uh, later on. Or, I mean, FC Cincinnati's goals differential is horrendous. So we won't even talk about that, but, um, how about but, yeah, this? I mean, like they, DC United. So first and second place have each have 10 wins, Philadelphia and Atlanta, DC United has eight wins, but they have eight draws fourth and fifth place. Both are, both have nine wins, but they have more losses. This is incredible. Yeah. I need to see just, this is, this is all new to me. I, I need to pay attention to this stuff. It's everything is different about the way soccer does everything. You can tie first off, and I know you can tie in football, but it's way more difficult to tie in football than it is in soccer. Uh, the The whole thing with you can't call it a field. I think that's Adam's biggest thing. I think that's Adam's biggest thing about soccer is all of a sudden everybody uh, everybody calls it a pitch. <laughs> I think that's I mean, his you biggest can call problem. It a field. Just, uh, I think uh, if you go to an people, FC Cincinnati game and you go, all right, the boys are taking the field. Everybody's going to look at you sideways or they're going to know <laughs> that you're not a soccer guy. Right. Am I right? Yeah. You guys all say pitch right. now. You guys all do. That might be right. Yes. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. It's all, it's all right though. I'm good with it. It's, I just think Adam thinks it's hilarious. What other, what other things are there about soccer? Oh, they carry around shaving cream. The umpires carry around shaving cream. Are they umpires or referees? What's, <laughs> why, are they carry, why are they carrying around shaving cream? Somebody's got to give me, give me an idea. What, what's that all about? They just all of a sudden throw some shaving cream on the ground, and that's where you kick it from. Yep, they use it to mark uh, mark where the ball should be placed and on a free kick and also draw lines for where the, uh, the defense is. Uh, the defender should be standing uh, in relation to the, where the ball is placed. Uh-huh. Uh, that's been instituted in recent years. I mean, if you watch a soccer match, the minute the referee turns, uh, you know, his back to the ball, they all I mean, move. Players often, you know, kick it or throw it a little, you know, a few yards ahead I to you. give themselves uh, an advantage. And so, you'll see, oftentimes they use the spray to make sure that they can kind of, from a distance, enforce. Um, where the ball should be and where the defender should be. Um, so that's that's why they use it. I like that. All right, so so this is the other thing Adam doesn't like. I'll tell you this, and this is what gets me 
when I'm watching a game. I get up there, I'll just flip a game on in the middle, and it'll say something like uh, five minutes. And I'm like, all right, cool. This thing's almost done. No. No, they just count the 45. They don't count down. Every Everything counts down in the United States. But in soccer, it counts the opposite way. It counts up. So, so I'm telling you, there's a lot of things that you got to get used to. It just goes against my nature in everything. Well, believe it or not, the time issue is actually even something that soccer, you know, big soccer fans talk about. I mean, there's a lot of soccer fans that um, are kind of tired of the way they do the timing because the clock doesn't stop. I mean, I don't have any issue with it counting up, but I think a lot of people have an issue with the fact that it it doesn't stop. End of a game, the- you've got a few beers in you. you got to pee. Sorry. You better stick that bad boy out. <laughs> So, so th- that's funny that you bring that up is because, well, for, first I'll finish my thought on the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, some, so what happens is the time doesn't stop. And then at the end of the half and at the end of uh, the, the match, 90 minutes, the, you know, referees sort of just come up with what they call, you know, extra time or injury time. <laughs> and yep. oftentimes it just seems arbitrary. I mean, I think if you ask uh, a number of people, they would tell you just play two 30 minute halves where the clock stops every time there's a foul, the ball goes out or what have you. Cause that'll just speed things up. And, and, and the extra time will be either unnecessary. It will be unnecessary because a lot of times it seems completely arbitrary. I mean, it'll be the end of a match and all of a sudden you'll see seven minutes put up and you're like, you're trying to figure out, well, how did they come up with that? And like, well, there's this many injuries. Maybe there was this many goals. And I mean, that just, again, it just all kind of seems arbitrary. So I think there's definitely um, strong voices in the soccer world that, you know, want to change the way the time's done, but who knows? It's sort of the traditional way to do that. But to your point about, you know, having too many beers. So it's so funny, you know, someone that goes to soccer matches, you know, that's what's the most noticeable at FC Cincinnati matches are people that don't, go often to the soccer matches because it's constant action the clock doesn't stop so you know you got to get your drinks and snacks before the, the the start of the match and then you're committed like you should be in your seat for that 45 plus minutes and you know let the vendors come by they'll serve you beers at your at your seat but you know it's it's funny the amount of people that kind of get up during the middle of the um, match because it's not like a baseball game where you have you know between you know the half innings where you might be able to get up grab a drink use the restroom and come back and might not really miss much but right. in soccer it's 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 sort of you know get everything you need before the match wait till halftime to get get refilled and then wait till the end of the match to to you know call it a night so um, you so you're gonna have to then then I'm gonna need a little bit of something a little bit of help with this because listen uh, once the seal's broken brother. Um, uh, you know, I got, I got to get back to that bathroom pretty quick. I'm not going to lie to you. That second half is going to be tough for me not to get up. Am I going to be hated? Not hated, but am I going to be looked sideways at every time I got to get up and go to the bathroom? No, I think you'll be fine. I mean, you're really kind of robbing yourself of experience in the match. Cause again, like I said, it's, yeah. it's not, it's you. not like baseball where there's a lot of time in between. Yeah. But and- let's be honest. Let's be honest. Most of the time they're not even doing anything. Most of the time, those guys out on out playing, they're just they're like kick it back and forth to each other, and then kick it to the goalie, and he kicks it back up a little bit, and then they kick it around, and then out of nowhere, they just decide to start running and go 100 miles an hour towards the goal. I absolutely disagree with that assessment <laughs> of the game. And again, you know, especially when you're there live, like oh yeah, you can see That's the true. build up of plays, you can see guys making runs, and you and you see the the play develop even when they're kicking it back to the back line, like you, you can kind of see the shape of the team and see the build up towards what they're trying to do offensively. And, and again, it's just um, at any moment, you know, there could be um, some big play and in the balls in the back of the net. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. And I was just making, I was just messing around with you I, because it is, there are times uh, in in World Cup matches where they're kicking it back and forth. And, and I'm sure some people are like, God, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. I know when my son plays FIFA, dude, he's 100% nonstop. He don't even pass. He just gets one guy and just runs straight down the middle of the field. Sorry, pitch. Runs straight down the middle and then tries to kick a goal. That's awesome. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, I, I listen, 
I think we're down for the soccer thing. I think I think uh, I think I can talk Adam. I, I'm guaranteeing you that it's never going to be an every week topic. However, I think we I think we could probably mix it in a little bit more. The problem is we don't know anything about it, so it's going to take a lot of work to not sound stupid, or it's going to be something where we just joke around about it and say a lot of things wrong, like the field and. We'll say quarters, like what? how many quarters are there, you know, messing around like that. So, I don't know. How do you want your soccer talk? Do you want it to be two guys that don't know what they're talking about and they just have some fun and mess make fun of it? Or do you want us to actually uh, pay attention? Because if we actually pay attention, it's not going to be on as many shows. No, no. I think, uh, you know, I think you guys should be true to yourselves. If you uh, if it's more satirical, I think that's fun. Um, there's actually – uh, two pretty good uh, so- FC Cincinnati soccer podcasts to, to tune into for anyone that's interested. Uh, there's there's one called the Old Man Ultras, um, and then there's also the uh, it's what's called a Knifey Lion Radio. And so those are two um, two groups of guys that do uh, <laughs> FC Cincinnati Knifey podcast. Lion Radio. That is awesome because the FC yeah. Cincinnati thing is is a, a knife and a lion. I like that. That's good. Yeah. So they, those guys have fun with it. And, uh, you know, I mean, they talk soccer, they talk sort of the, the a recap of the game, but, um, for the most part, you know, they have fun with it. And, you know, for anyone that wants sort of a lighter side of, uh, takes to the matches, I think that those are two great, uh, pods to check out. I mean, there's off, there's obviously, uh, Cincy soccer talk, uh, which is sort of like the real in-depth, um, podcast rest Cincinnati they do they not just they don't not only do a podcast but they also do articles about all the matches with a whole bunch of analytics so for the hardcore soccer fans that's probably more your cup of tea but if you're wanting something more on the lighter side that you know definitely the old man ultras or knifey lion radio are definitely something to check out and if somebody wants to follow you on the tweet box and and hear what you have to say about uh, about soccer and and everything else in general how do they catch you brother yeah, I'm at at L the letter underscore Fuego. El Fuego. That's Mr. Joseph Leonard. He's a, a huge fan of the Nosebleed Sports Podcast and now an honorary co-host uh, and a phenom- and did a phenomenal job. It it just absolutely. I only plan on going 25, 30 minutes. We're almost we're almost uh, we're a little over 45 minutes into this thing. I don't want to keep you up any later. I know you got two kids. Uh, I hope they're sleeping. But I understand. They're definitely asleep. Okay, that sounds good. Hey, listen, it's not always a guarantee that my kids are sleeping at 1130 at night. (laughs) In fact, I believe Parker at around midnight has made an appearance on the show by walking into the studio. So, hey, some people like you are good good dads, and some people like me just don't care if their kids go to sleep or not. (laughs) Anyway, brother, listen, hey, man, I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for helping out. Hey, let's everybody – uh, get on the FaceTube. Check out Adam Schmidt. Uh, get on get on uh, Twitter. Uh, tweet at Adam Schmidt forty four, and uh, let 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 him know that nobody believes that he really has pneumonia in the hottest months of the year. It's been the hottest couple weeks in July that we've ever had. Nobody believes you got pneumonia, Adam. It is what it is. Uh, you just didn't want to talk about soccer because we promised we'd talk about soccer this week on last on the last podcast. I'm I'm with I'm with you on that, Joe. Yeah, I, I, when I when I found out that the reason for my uh, emergency guest appearance, I I, I was very uh, I, I questioned uh, pneumonia, but you know we'll we'll get we'll get Adam to 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 expose himself to a little soccer here. That sounds good. Hey, listen, we will have you back on again, dude. I really appreciate all the help, and we appreciate all the support and everything else. Did you get the Nosebleeds podcast shirt? I did. Um, I've already worn it a few times, um, so the it's a definitely uh, uh, plays a prominent uh, prominent uh, role in my attire these days. Well, hey, man, we appreciate that. We appreciate you. Uh, Appreciate all the support, and if you want to catch us, we're on uh, we're on the Facebook usually live on Wednesday nights at ten thirty uh, on Facebook Live. But due to the fact Adam's not here, I didn't have an extra phone to record it, so we're not live this week. However, you can still catch us every Thursday morning on all your favorite podcast platforms: iHeartRadio, 
uh, Apple Podcast, iTunes, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, you name it. It's on a thousand different ones, YouTubes and everything else. And now you can listen to Mr. Joe Leonard for about an hour and just do a phenomenal job. We might, my, Adam might be on the, uh, he might be on the cut list. Nah, I think, I think he's good. I, I'm sure he'll, he'll miraculously recover from pneumonia tomorrow morning. Um, I expect, a few, <laughs> I expect a few tweets coming my way about, um, things he has to say about what we had to say about soccer, but no doubt, um, no doubt. But no, but we wish him well. We definitely wish him well. Get on Facebook. Uh, tell Mr. Adam. Get on Twitter. Let him know. At Adam Schmidt 44 on Twitter. Let him know we're all thinking about him. And uh, once again, Joe, dude, really, I appreciate it. And uh, I, I appreciate it. I got to I gotta get back on the Nosebleeds Facebook page and make sure I voted on all the, the posters. That, well, we're almost to. So I forgot. And Adam would be mad at me if I don't if I don't talk about our. Uh, he wouldn't be mad at me. Adam doesn't get mad at anybody. He would be disappointed in me. If I did not talk about the posters, please get on Facebook every day uh, until we get down to eight. I believe it's eight. Um, it might be 16. Every day until we get to one of those two. Adam has told me multiple times he's in charge of that. And sometimes I don't always pay the best attention. But uh, either way, he's doing it. It's on every day until we get to a certain number. Then it'll be a weekly poll. But, uh, yeah, so get on because there's been some good ones. I believe the one up right – oh, I haven't seen today's. Yesterday's was all reds. It was Pete Rose. Uh, a Pete, the Pete Rose head first slide, which is one of the most prominent, greatest uh, posters ever, even though Pete Rose – well, we get into that at a different time. It's one of the greatest posters ever. And then it was up against Griffey Jr. and Griffey Sr., yeah, when when uh, senior was still with the Reds and Griffey was a rookie or second year with the Mariners, which is an awesome poster as well. So uh, I'm pretty sure Pete beat the brakes off of him, but that was a rough yeah, loss for vote. Junior. I mean, Pete got mine. Making my way through it, I, I my gut tells me that ultimately it's going to be between a, a Jordan poster or Muhammad Ali. Those are just the Muhammad the Ali thing. with the arm coming across. I mean, that's one of the greatest ever. Uh, I I said that I think the Jordan Wings is she is definitely going to be a top two top two seed. That's one of my favorite all time posters. I think that's an iconic poster. But then again, Adam had the Jordan poster up where uh, you know the jump from the free throw with the tongue out. Uh, he had that that poster up there the other day that blew whoever he was playing out of the water. Uh, I think it was the Sir Duncan Stein poster. And I'm telling you, just get on. They're awesome. They're a lot of fun. Uh, you know, vote on your favorite. If you want to vote for your favorite player, vote for your favorite player. But honestly, it's supposed to be the better poster. I don't care how you do it. I, I'd rather you do it uh, whatever way makes you happy. Uh, I've just decided that because usually I say the opposite. So, uh, yeah, thanks for reminding me. That's what a good co-host does. <laughs> so, anyway, we uh, we appreciate it. Adam, we'll keep those up. Keep those coming. We will have the posters up there. Please vote. Check us out. And, uh, yeah, don't forget to turn your headlights on.